Welcome to the OKC Community Podcast. We are so glad you're here. To get the latest updates or to watch this week's message, visit our website at okccommunitychurch.com. Children in the children. 
friends. And I know we've already said it, but happy Mother's Day from the bottom of our hearts. We are so, so grateful for you, and we cannot express our love and our gratitude enough. I hope you feel loved today. You know, the song we just sang, The Blessing, I mean, it's the perfect song for Mother's Day, right? I mean, not only is the song like the biggest song in the world right now, I mean, it's like Michael Jackson, We Are the World All Over Again type thing, like, which I know is like a pretty old reference for some of you, but uh, The Blessing is a powerful lyric for moms, for families. The song is being sung all over the world as a song of unity and hope. It's a beautiful thing God is using to bless his people right now. And, you know, these lyrics, may his favor be upon you in a thousand generations, your family and your children and their children and their children, every one of us, right? No matter if we are a parent or not, we resonate with these words. God, may your favor be on your people. May your favor be on generation after generation on our children. What a powerful picture of the promise of God that he's given to us, not only for our generations, but for generations to come. And I actually want to take you to the scripture that this song is rooted in, because today I actually do want to talk about blessing. Numbers chapter 6, which I know Numbers is probably your go-to book for some recreational reading. The truth is Numbers is actually chock full of uh, some really great stuff. And of course, I just want to read part of it because this is, this is part of the sacred Torah. And, and I wish we were together today because I would tell everybody right now, everyone say Torah. I mean, I love saying that. That's so fun. But the Torah is the original five books of the Bible, a.k.a. the books of Moses, the Pentateuch, uh, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. And the Torah was cherished by the people of God. They loved it. They would use words like, it is sweeter than honey. Now you got to understand that this is in the day and in the time way before Twinkies, way before ice cream sundaes, way before chocolate fudge brownies. Nothing was better than honey. And they said that the word of God was sweeter than honey. You know, a, a devout young Israelite would memorize as much of the Torah as they possibly could. And someone that was really, really devout, they would memorize the entire five books. Could you imagine all five books memorized? That's how much they cherished it. They called the Torah the way, the truth, and the life. That sounds familiar. No wonder Jesus was a bit polarizing when he came and he said the very thing they cherished the most that he came to embody it, to make it live and breathe and walk and talk. Well, Numbers chapter 6, verses 22 through 27 is something every Israelite would have surely memorized. It was, it was a big one. It was one of those passages that everybody knew. It was called the priestly blessing, referring to the prayer that God gave his priests to pray every morning over his people. He literally wanted them to pray it every day. He wanted them to pray it over the Israelites. And this prayer is the lyric of the song we just sang. And I'm going to read it to us out of Numbers chapter 6, starting in verse 22. It says, The Lord said to Moses, Tell Aaron and his sons, which is a reference to who the priests are. So tell the priests that this is how you are to bless the Israelites. Say to them, The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. 
so they will put my name on the Israelites and I will bless them. All right, all right, all right. This is, this is like really good, right? He says, the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you and be gracious to you and give you peace. God loves to bless his people. And I want you to think about it. God tells his priests that I want you to pray this blessing, my blessing over my people every day. I want you to get up every morning and pray this over my people. This was a blessing that was new every morning. It was a blessing that never stopped coming. It was something you could count on. It was like the morning sun rising. It was gonna keep coming like clockwork, his promises forever and ever. God's blessings are always for our highest and greatest good. And God knows how to bless us even when we don't know how and what we need. You know, there's another scripture in Ephesians 1 that talks about blessing in a powerful way. And it says this, Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3, all praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ. So the God, so our God, our Father, has blessed us with every spiritual blessing. Now, in the scriptures, the word blessing is a really, really good word. But you know, in our culture today, the word blessing can really be stripped pretty easily of its significance and its spiritual meaning. I read a New York Times article that talked about the whole, you know, hashtag blessed on social media has become the new humble brag. You know what I'm talking about, right? I got some new Jordans, hashtag blessed. You know, I just spent 14 days on the beach in Tahiti, hashtag blessed. Yeah, we get it. Like, your life is awesome and ours is not, right? You're so hashtag blessed. And it's, it's, there's definitely some room for fun with it. I get it. It's funny. But also there's some well-meaning and there is significant times when we can say I'm truly blessed. And so by no means should you stop making those beautiful posts where you tell people that you're blessed. My point is that culture has sort of a mixed bag on blessing. It could mean I just got some new shoes. It could mean that we just asked Aunt Bethany to say the blessing at Christmas dinner. And then yes, yes, that was good, right? Nothing like a Christmas vacay reference. And then yes, there are times when there are the more meaningful convictions about God's love and favor for his people. I wanna help us kind of tap in to this idea of the beauty of his blessing today. So in Ephesians 1, after Paul, after Paul has told us how we have received blessing, every spiritual blessing, before, before, I, before I even go into it, I just want to mention this. He says this in verse 3, and then he goes on from verse, verse number 4 all the way to down to 14, talking about how God has blessed us. And we need to understand this about that particular passage. I'm going to read it in just a moment. But what, what, he, what he does in this passage is he actually has, in the original Greek, it's one really long sentence. It's like a really long run-on sentence. It's a 202-word sentence that Paul just like keeps going. He's like, you've been so blessed. And then he gives them this tirade about how we've been blessed. And translators since then have broken it up into 13 different sentences to help us understand it. But I, don't, I think that kind of strips the... The, the intentionality that Paul had behind this when he wrote it because it was just like he just wanted to go on this passionate plea about how we've been blessed. And he starts it like this in verse four. I'm just gonna read portions of this at a time. But he says, even before he made the world, God loved us 
and chose us. So right there we see our first blessing, that God loves us and he chose us. Even before he made the world, he, he loved us. And this means a kind of love that is, is, is one of those that never stops, uh, never stops coming, right? This is like the prodigal son story, whenever the son leaves, abandons, betrays the father. Then he goes and squanders all his inheritance at the Lucky Star Casino, right? And then he comes back and, and, and the father sees him and he runs to him and he hugs him and he kisses him and he throws him apart. He puts him back in his place as his son. This is the kind of love that God has for us. It's one that never ends. It's unconditional. It never stops. It's a reckless kind of love. This is our first blessing. And then he says that he chose us and this is so good because we live in a world where we often feel rejected. We experience rejection in life. You go all the way back, maybe you were rejected for the team or rejected for the school play or rejected at the dance or rejected for the date. Maybe, maybe in life we've been rejected in marriage or we've been rejected for the job or we've been rejected by friends. And here's the good news is that God says, he says, he says not only do I want you, I choose you. In a world where we feel the weight of rejection in life. Some of us wonder, does anybody even want me? God says, not only do I want you, I choose you. He goes on in verse 5. God decided in advance to adopt us into his family by bringing us, bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. God decided to adopt us into his family. Think about this. This is blessing. The doctrine of adoption in, in, in our Christian theology is it's, it's so beautiful. You know the movie Annie, right? This ultimate story of adoption. Annie's void of nearly every privilege and right in life, living in poverty, and she is miraculously plucked out of her circumstance and adopted by Daddy Warbucks, or if you've watched the new version, what is his name? I think it's Mr. Stacks, a.k.a. Jamie Foxx, right? Little orphan Annie moved from poverty to the palace. Now we think about this adoption that Paul is talking about. We've been adopted by God. We've become children of God. We've been grafted into his family. We are now co-heirs with Christ. We are we are one of his own. We bear his name. We are sons and daughters of the Most High King. Our God is good, and his blessings never stop coming. This understanding of adoption, by the way, is explicitly a Christian theology. In the Old Testament, they barely use the word father, but in the New Testament, 64 times the relationship between us and God is referred to as a fatherly relationship. Romans 8 says, you received God's spirit when he adopted you as his own children. We now call him Abba, Father. God loves us. God has chosen us. He wants us. God adopted us into his family. I don't know what you're feeling right now, but I'm, I'm feeling blessed. Verse 7 he is so rich in kindness and grace that he purchased our freedom with the blood of his son and forgave our sins. That's already like five blessings, by the way. He has showered his kindness on us. Have you ever been showered with kindness? If, if you're married, you probably had a wedding shower at some point and you were showered with all sorts of like, uh, I don't know, 
Bed Bath & Beyond gift cards, Target gift cards. I don't know what you're showered with, but sometimes, sometimes we, we don't even really get the, the amazing gift of God's kindness. Sometimes we think our life with God is about the burdens of the life that he's called us to live and it feels weighty and heavy. I just want to say, for those who've been rescued, they understand God's, God's kindness. God is too kind to burden everything he leads us to become is an act of kindness. He showers us with kindness. God pours out his glorious grace on us. He has purchased our freedom with the blood of Jesus. How many of you know that freedom is not free, right? And Jesus is the ultimate picture of how freedom is attained through sacrifice, through his gift. And then he goes on and he says that that we were ultimately, right, we know this about our sin, that we were slaves to sin and to hell, but because of Jesus, we are set free of our sin, and he forgives us of our sin. As if it wasn't enough to just be set free, he's forgiven us. Our God is so good, and his blessing, they never stop coming. All right, I'm only about 83 and a half words into a 202-word sentence here, so I need to keep going. Verse 8, along with all wisdom and understanding, God has now revealed to us his mysterious will regarding Christ, which is to fulfill his own good plan. God has given us all, emphasis on the word all, wisdom and understanding. For what? Well, it says in this verse to understand God's will regarding Christ and his plan. So God has a plan. He's carrying it out through Jesus and through us because Christ is in us. And he has a plan for you and me. And I know some of you are thinking, I have no idea what God's plan for me is, but these words in the scripture tell us something really important, that you have been given the wisdom and the understanding to discern his plan for you. You've actually been given that. Whether you've acknowledged it yet, whether you understand it yet, that's not, that may be not the point of what I'm trying to tell you right now. Here's the thing, we get confused about the idea or the, the, the thought of God's will and his plan for our life because it gets confused with the chaos of the world and the plans that the world tries to place on us and expects of us. And God's ways are never our ways, so it's easy to get confused by the chaos of the world. But God is always weaving his plan together for our good. And guess what? He's actually giving you the wisdom to discern it. We just have to sift through the noise. He has a plan for you, and he's giving you the wisdom and the understanding to come to know that plan. Verse 11, Paul says, furthermore, as if he thought I was done, I'm not done. Furthermore, because we are united with Christ, we have received an inheritance from God. We have received an inheritance from God. The thought that we are inheriting as a child of God, as a co-heir of Christ, it blows my mind. We got to remember the story of the prodigal son. Remember that. Remember at the end of that story, the older son comes back to him, and 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 he's complaining. And the father says, "Listen, son, everything I have is yours." This is what the Lord is saying to you. What I have, I give to you. Everything I have is yours. Think about this: your Father in heaven, the Creator of the world, the Creator of you, he looks at you. Everything I have is yours. We have an inheritance. We're co-heirs with Christ. Our God is good, and his blessing never stops 
coming. I'm going to skip down a little bit to verse 13. He identified you as his own by giving you the Holy Spirit, whom he promised long ago. The Spirit of God is, or the Spirit is God's guarantee that he will give us the inheritance that he promised. Notice something here. Now, he's talked about God the Father. He's talked about Jesus the Son. And now Paul is wrapping up this beautiful Trinitarian theology that he's presenting to us, and he talks about the Holy Spirit. And he says, listen, God gave you the Holy Spirit. In fact, the Holy Spirit is your guarantee that all this is real. It's by his Spirit that we can feel him, experience him, and be guided in wisdom and strength. It's by his Spirit that he confirms the blessing. Because the Spirit is with us, and he's showing us his power through his presence in so many undeniable ways. It's the guarantee. So my friends, today, I, I believe I can say with humble and absolute confidence, and I think you can as well, that you are blessed. Now, God is good, and his blessings never stop coming. You know, the days we are in, we must look around and remember this truth that we are a blessed people. Those who bear his name, those who have been chosen, those he loves, those who are adopted, we are blessed. You know, when despair looks to steal life, when criticism and judgment comes in upon us, when pride looks to think that we are better and that we know more than they know, when fear looks to stop us from who we ought to be. You know, I think we're just living in a, in a strange day right now where we have become strangely divided over the circumstances of this world. There's a lot of political device about it. It's become a really strange day of where we criticize decision-making. There's a lot of fear. There's a lot of angst. There's two sides. And as a people of God, we can no longer live from the place that is the curse of the world. We have to live from the blessing of God. We don't have to seek or live for blessing. No, 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 no. God is so good that he wants us to live from the blessing. It's why every morning the priest prayed his blessing, God's blessing over the people. Remember, he says, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. You know, something really powerful about this scripture is the word you. It actually says the word you six times. The Lord bless you and keep you and make his face shine upon you, be gracious to you, turn his face to you and give you peace. It's like God is saying, you, 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 you. I want you to hear something. You are blessed. You know, often we think, oh man, God's blessing them. God's taking care of them. God is for them. No, he's saying, I am for you and for you. And I'm blessing you. God has blessed you. God is blessing you. And God will continue to bless you because our God is blessing us in a way that never stops coming. I just want us to consider these blessings from Ephesians 1. They're amazing. I just want to let you rest in it. I just want, you, I just want your heart and soul to be blessed by it today. Because I realize that some of us don't feel the favor of God. Some of us 
Some of us don't feel the blessing of God. Some of us, we may not think that God is against us, but, but we aren't feeling like he's for us. But listen to these blessings from Ephesians 1, because this is what we live from. God loves you. You need to be reminded of his love for you. God chose you. When you face rejection, just remember, God not only wants you, but he chooses you. God adopted you from poverty to the palace. God pours out his grace on you. God purchased your freedom. Freedom is not free. Jesus paid that price. God forgives you. His forgiveness is a blessing. His mercy is new every morning. God showers you with kindness. Don't you know that he's nothing but kind? God gives you all wisdom and understanding of his plan. Don't confuse the chaos of the world with the clarity of his word. God is giving you an inheritance. He says, everything I have is yours. God's spirit is your guarantee. Don't doubt it. His spirit is with you. And God has blessed you with every spiritual blessing. Right now, I just want you to take a moment, reflect on this. Pause. Maybe take a screenshot of this. I don't know. Whatever you need to do, do it. Take a moment. Which one of these blessings do you need to hear today? I need to hear them all. I want us to respond with worship today. You know, there's no better way to respond to the way that he's blessed us than to worship the one who's giving the blessing. God is for you. I feel like I should say that six times, by the way, kind of like the priestly blessing, like God is for you, God is for you, God is for you. You get it. We're about to sing that, right? God is good, and his blessing never stops coming. I'm going to pray. We're going to sing. Just bow your heads. Father, I pray as we worship you today that our hearts are filled with the goodness of your love, the amazing truths of your blessing over your people. God, we do declare today that you are good. And we thank you for the blessing that is new every morning, like the rising sun. We thank you for the blessing that never stops coming. We love you. you've enjoyed this week's message. If there's anything we can pray with you about, or if you have questions about God, we'd love to talk with you. Please visit our contact page at okccommunitychurch.com.